0: welcome to especially organized sensible solutions for special needs moms the podcast for all those busy moms out there who like me take care of kids who have a little something extra and in the midst of all that extra want to lead a more organized and present life whether your child has medical complexities an intellectual disability or neurodiversity i am here for you My name is Angela O'Brien, and I'm the parent of a 19 year old daughter with Down syndrome. I know what it's like to have too much overwhelm and too little time when you're trying to manage all the pressures and responsibilities that come with a special needs child. Using my experience and skills as a professional organizer, each week I will bring information and encouragement to help you move through your clutter and reclaim what you deserve. So let's get started. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Angela O'Brien, and I am, as always, so glad that you are here listening. I know, gosh, well, by the time you hear this episode, uh, it will probably be a couple weeks from the time that I'm recording it. Right now, it's the middle of May, and um, you all probably heard a couple weeks back that my aunt passed away. It was a really difficult time for our family. We were her family. She, um, even though she had a wonderful friend, Paul, who was involved in her life, they were not married and she didn't have kids. And so my mom was in charge of her affairs and she really struggled after a month of complications from heart surgery. And it just kept getting more and more difficult every single day if she would have a setback. And so I was fortunate enough to be there all of last week, 12 hours a day, helping my mom care for her and make sure that she was getting the best care and making the right decisions for her until finally it became clear that her quality of life would never even come close to being the same. And so we were, my mom really, and I was just helping her. My mom was making decisions that nobody should ever have to make. Before, even before that, actually, as you all probably know, I have been dealing with my own health issues and not life-threatening, of course, just some back issues that kept me flat on my back. It kept me from being with her in the hospital until the last week. But I'm so glad that I was there. I'm so glad that even though it was so traumatic, I could be with my aunt. We got to have some lovely conversations and I could be with my mom to support her. I would not have wanted to be anywhere else. But i'm not gonna lie this has been a really tough season for my family and the reason that i am bringing all of this information to you is because i have had these thoughts in my head of what what do i learn about this what can i tell people so that if they ever have to go through this themselves what pieces of information can I share with them, so that they are maybe a tiny bit more prepared, and maybe it is a tiny bit less traumatic and painful? So I wanted to process some of this and just record it while I'm in the moment, while I'm still reeling from the last week, and I hope that you'll bear with me because I might meander a little bit, but, I have some thoughts that I want to share with you all that I think and hope will be helpful, especially given that if you're listening, you most likely have a child with special needs. Maybe they have some extra medical issues going on. Maybe they don't. Maybe they are super healthy. It's just intellectual or neurodivergent, but either way, I've had to share appropriately some of this information to my daughter. That was difficult. I have to sit and worry about her while I am worried about my mom and my dad and grieving over the death of my aunt. And I feel a little bit in the middle, like my my thoughts are a little bit squished, if that makes sense. And fortunately, I have the most amazing husband. He has been so amazing during all of this in helping to make sure Casey's taken care of so that I can focus on my aunt. But now I've got things I've got to do and I've got stuff related to her, like end of year activities. And I want to be a part of all of that with her. So how do I manage this messy middle that I'm in? So I have a couple thoughts of things that I've learned over the last few weeks of trying to survive and get through a season of stress, a season of grief. So here they are. These are my thoughts. These are the things that I have learned. These are the, the lessons that I've learned over the last couple of weeks. First of all, I think it's really important That we learn how to be, and if we can't, then ask for an advocate. When it comes to communicating with our doctors and our healthcare providers, we have to learn to advocate for our needs and to communicate what's going on inside our bodies. I've learned this over multiple years of dealing with my own back issues, working with my daughter, trying to help her and educate her into advocating for her own needs, it's still difficult for her. But I I will always work on that with her. I saw it this week because we had situations where we had some doctors telling us one thing, and then another doctor came in and told us something completely different. She had so many doctors though, so they all had maybe different objectives, but that made it really difficult. And so we had really difficult decisions to make and in the end we had to trust our gut and do what we thought was best for my aunt and really it was my mom making the decision obviously i was just trying to support her but i think it's really important that we have to trust our gut and we have to communicate what's going on inside our bodies and help our kids learn to communicate what's going on inside our bodies A lot of times I find myself like, I don't want to be a bother to the doctor, to the nurse. I don't want to admit that I am ill or that I don't feel well. And I think that that is not the time to be like Superman. It's a time to really communicate and just share with them what's going on inside. So I hope that helps. Number two, I've learned the hard way now that it's really important to talk about and discuss and if possible plan for your wishes after you pass and there were some things that we had that my aunt had done which was amazing but my mom and her never really got to have that conversation about what what her final wishes were and she really wishes that she have but it's a hard conversation to have you know I mean that's It's obvious. Nobody wants to talk about what happens when they die. I get that. But it's really been a wake-up call for me to really think about what I want and to share that with my husband and to ask him what he wants, to talk to my parents. Fortunately, they're so amazing. They have planned for their own funerals. And I, I can't tell you what a gift that is to me, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that going through and making funeral arrangements for my aunt and trying to help my mom figure out what would be best for her. I just am so grateful that I don't have to do that again for my mom and dad. It truly is a gift. It's like a love letter to your family. Like here, look, this is what I want. You don't have to make all of those decisions in your time of grief so while those discussions are really hard i think that it's important to talk about them with our loved ones i also think too as parents of kids with special needs that we need to think about how we communicate these seasons of grief these these hard things that have happened to us with our children with special needs we have to find a way to communicate in a way that they can understand By being honest with them, helping them understand to their level. I know when my daughter's friend from cheer years ago passed away suddenly, I reached out to one of her therapists and asked what her thoughts were on how to communicate that information to my daughter. And I'm so glad that I did because here we are again. My daughter knew my aunt very well. She was at every celebration. She was at every birthday and holiday. And so she's, she was concerned about my aunt. She knew that her heart was hurting. She knew that she was sick. And so we really were very careful about how we communicated all this to my daughter and give her some time and information to process and I'll be doing the same thing I haven't discussed this with her but when we have my aunt's funeral I will be discussing with her what it's going to be like and that it's okay to have the feelings that she has and what she can expect when that happens because I don't I want her to feel comfortable in that situation and be a part of it so I think we need to make sure that we reach out and ask for help if we're trying to communicate these difficult pieces of information to our Kids with special needs. If you're not sure how to do it, reach out. Ask a social worker. Ask their chaplains at the hospital that we've we've we spoke with many times. There are therapists and um, teachers that might be able to help that have been through it before. You know, people that work with people with special needs might be able to help. I know in a lot of these major cities they have Down syndrome clinics. They have autism clinics. And so they, you know, with healthcare providers that might be able to give some pieces of information that might help you communicate this to your child. So reach out to them. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help in this area. And the other final thing I'll say about this is ask if like, in my case, it makes me just want to ask my loved ones that are older than me more stories about them. I want to know everything about them now <laughs> because I want to be able to remember it. And I want to be able to honor all of those wonderful things about them in their past that maybe I wasn't aware. I want to know more about my loved one's history, the ones that are older than me, where I wasn't around. And I want to share stories about myself and my family to the younger generations so that that all can be passed on. I think it just helps us connect and helps us feel closer to our loved ones. And the third and final thing that I think I've, that I'm trying to process and that I think that I've learned through all of this. Well, actually I know that I've learned this because I follow this lovely woman named Casey Davis and I'll link her in the show notes. I follow, I've followed her for a little while and she, she talks about in her book and Um, in on her website, the concept of struggle care. So when you're in a season of grief, how do you get through the day? How do you get to those organizing and maintenance and cleaning tasks and daily functioning tasks that like feel impossible when you're grieving? And I actually learned a little bit about this before I went through this process. So I'm so glad that I'm able to recall it and remember it and give myself some grace while this is While we're going through all of this, she really tries to encourage the concept that those daily tasks that we do, they are not a representative of our failure. They are morally neutral. So that means that there is no reason to judge ourselves if we can't get the laundry done. If we can't get the dishes in the dishwasher because we are so sad and grieving because we are struggling with something. And I really can appreciate that now as I'm going through this, because I have definitely had moments where I feel like I am just cognitively in a fog. Like I can't, I did not want to work at all last week, even though I had periods of time where I probably could have, my head just wasn't there and I need to be okay with that. I shouldn't feel guilty over that. So we need to give ourselves some grace and some time and remind ourselves That those tasks that we think we need to get done in our home or for our work, sometimes work is necessary, but they are morally neutral. They are not a representation of our failure or our success. They are just tasks that we do to get through the day. And so when you can develop that kind of mindset, I think it allows us to open ourselves up to some creativity. It allows us to get creative about, okay, I can't do all of the laundry today i just don't have it in me i really would rather lay in bed but i can take the load of load of laundry that's in the washing machine right now and put it in the dryer and just leave it there i can be okay with that so i think as casey davis says you go from the mindset of saying i'm failing because i'm not getting x y and z done to i'm just having a hard time right now And I think that it's really important for us to give ourselves some of that grace and reflect on that in a different way. I think it also gives us a permission to, like I said, get creative, maybe do it halfway, maybe ask for help. Maybe you just tackle the very, very basics and you don't worry about the rest kind of releases that guilt. And it lets you get creative in figuring out what you can do while you are in this season. And I think, too, as you maybe start to come out of these seasons of grief or depression or stress, high stress situations, maybe you say, okay, you can reflect on what worked, what helped me during that time, what didn't work, what didn't help me so that the next time you go through it, maybe you're just a tiny bit more prepared and able to focus on those things that did help. It just gives you a little bit more information for the next time. Finally, I wanna bring up one thing that Casey Davis talks about. If you are going through a season and you're just trying to get through the day, if you can break down your tasks that are around you to, to function daily, Not that you have to do them, but if you just want to get to the next day, first, focus on the trash. Just take out the trash. That's all you need to do. Don't worry about anything else. If you can take out the trash, you've accomplished what you need to accomplish today. If you can get through that, maybe put the dishes in the dishwasher and then call it a day. The third thing would be if you can accomplish those two things, then maybe address the laundry. I'm sure that you can get through, hopefully, several days without needing to do laundry so that you can wear things twice. You can pull out items that you haven't used in a while and wear those. So just again, giving yourself some grace and some time. What do you need just to function? And then finally, if you can get through all of those, then maybe you can say, okay, I have some things that have a place but they aren't in those places. So why don't I put those away? So that would be maybe the the methodology or the routine or the like a plan of action to help you think about and prioritize your tasks, your daily functioning tasks. But feel free to do what works for you, obviously. And I think finally, please don't be afraid to ask for help. Please don't be afraid to reach out. Please don't try to be Superman. There are people out there that are kind and caring and that want to help others in need. And so I hope that you can release some of that guilt and some of that pride and just say, Yeah, I need some help right now and let that be okay. What I want to do now is I want to share something kind of funny, I hope, (laughs) that will maybe lift us up a little bit because this is a pretty heavy subject. It's a pretty heavy topic. And so I don't want to leave you all feeling like this. So I wrote down a few things that I was thinking about before all of this happened. And I was like, oh, I need to share this on the podcast. And so I'm going to go ahead and share it with you now. These are, these are my confessions as a professional organizer. These are things that I tell other people to do, and yet I don't do them. (laughs) There is not one professional organizer out there that does everything that they tell their clients to do. It just is what it is. We all have our own limits. We all have our own daily setbacks and experiences and difficulties that make it so that we cannot always be organized in every space in our home. So here it is. Here are my true confessions as a professional organizer? So number one, I almost always have a load of clothes in my washer and or my dryer. It just seems to be that we always are doing laundry. I don't know how that is, but we always seem to have something in there. We're never done with the laundry. So that's, that's probably a pretty common one, right? I will also tell you number two, I have this great countertop island in my closet. It's beautiful, but it is almost always covered with stuff. Right now I have a little tray on it and that tray is filled with about six different sets of reading glasses, some graduation cards that I've received that I need to address and I need to send out some presents and I haven't gotten to them yet. Probably maybe a return slip that I need to take care of. Those things, there's clothes that I've worn, there's paperwork sitting on this island so a lot of times that's what you see you don't get to see the beautiful island that it actually is so that's number two number three i have a closet in my game room that i have cleaned out i don't know how many times the last major clean out i did was in october and it is a mess right now it's an absolute mess i just have to keep the door closed i just i'm like yeah not gonna deal with that right now and it's okay it's kind of the out of you know, that space that you, that things go to maybe die or that you're just not sure what to do with. And there's a lot of extra stuff in there that I know that can't go to die. I know that they're in there and I need to get to them, but I just, I just don't have the energy right now. So that'll have to wait. Okay. The next one. I really only truly organized my important paperwork a couple of months ago when I realized I couldn't find something that I needed. Yep, I've had our wills, our trusts, other important documents just kind of haphazardly thrown into this safe and I couldn't believe when I really took a look at it I'm like how have I just left it like this. So just a couple months ago I did get a binder, I took some plastic paper paper protectors, file protectors. I labeled everything and it is all now finally safely inside the safe and organized but it took me years to get to that years so if it's taking you a while too that's okay just maybe take an hour one afternoon and go through it it will help you feel better about making sure you know what you have because it sure did help me feel better <laughs> once i figured out what i was missing and where it was okay let's see what else here's another one here's another true confession of a professional organizer I have a storage space that I have been paying for. I cannot believe this. I pay money every month to store these items that I probably could and should let go of, but I'm in one of those stages where my son is going to be graduating next year from college and he might want some of these things. So I feel like I should hold on to them, even though deep down inside, I know he probably isn't. I also have some other items in there. I have Christmas items in there that... Quite frankly, I haven't really used as much of that in the last couple of years. So yes, I could take some time and go through that. But it really bums me out every time I see it on my credit card. <laughs> and I really do need to make a point of cleaning it out and either reducing the size and the cost or getting rid of it altogether. So there's another one for you. Okay, a couple more. Ever since Texas had that huge freeze. In February of 21 and we lost power for days. It was really, really cold in our house. It got down to about 45 degrees in our home. And I think I became a little bit obsessed with blankets. So I have way too many blankets. I can't get rid of them. I don't know why. I just feel like I need to hold on to them. So I am going to work on this because we have acquired a few more blankets since then. But For some reason, I just haven't been able to let go of some of these blankets that I probably should let go of. So I'm going to work on that. And I will get back to you on that one too. We'll see. All right, next. I almost always have a bag of clothes or items that I intend to donate, but I just haven't gotten around to getting to the donation center. Or I have this lovely friend that will take some of my items and distribute them to some areas and some places in need. They sit in my car for days sometimes, days before I can get them to where they need to go. So there's that. So if you do that, just know you are not alone. I probably have a bag in my car that needs to go to the donation place. Okay, here's my final one. And I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but my final true confession as a professional organizer, I don't make my bed. I know that's like the one of the first things professional organizers will say, make your bed. And I do believe in that. I really do believe that when my bed is made, I do feel calmer and less stressed and it looks nice and it just gives me a feel good, just a just a good feeling inside. But for some reason in this particular house... We have an entrance to our bedroom, but we also have a separate entrance to our laundry room, which goes into my closet, which goes into my bathroom. So it's kind of like this circle. So I never really end up going into my bedroom or I rarely go into my bedroom during the day. I'm always going in through the laundry room, to the closet, to the bathroom. So that is why probably that I don't make my bed. But I think if it wasn't like that, I probably would, but it's just one of those things where I don't see it every day. And so it doesn't really bother me. But if it's something that really makes you feel good, then make your bed. (laughs) But if it, if it isn't bothering you, if it isn't causing you stress or frustration to see your comforter on the ground next to your bed, it's okay. It's all right, obviously. <laughs> because I'm going on a couple years now where we I don't know, maybe make our bed once every couple weeks. Anyway, those are those are my true confessions as a professional organizer. I hope you won't think less of me <laughs> because I've shared those. I know you won't, but I hope that this information has helped. I hope that the learnings that I have had over the last few weeks helps someone else have their season of grief be just a tiny bit better, just a tiny bit. They're always hard, these seasons of grief, always, obviously, and everybody is going to go through them at one point in time or another. But if we could make it just a tiny bit less painful, that would, that would help me, I think, during this painful time right now. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. I hope y'all have a great week. I hope you get to reclaim what it is that you need and we will be back next week with just a fabulous interview. I'm so excited for you to meet this woman. You're going to love her. All right, you guys take care.